Ah, people of the internet, EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And welcome to the the final day of our uh, first official podcast revival, if you will. I, I like that, that idea, the, the possibility. Did I tell you what it was? I did yesterday, but I'm going to tell you again, just in case you, you might not have heard yesterday's podcast. And, I, and you know, the, the, the selfish thing would be to tell you to go back and listen to yesterday's. But you know what? I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to tell you what revival means because I understand where you are. You're like, I know that word. I know that word. And I heard you got a preacher here. I know what you're doing. No, 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 no. The English language is lazy, and I keep telling you that. And and one word can mean like 40 different things. So, so let's go ahead and talk about what I mean by podcast revival, shall we? Okay, we're going over here to revival. We're going to look it up. What's the definition of revival? Let's see. We got three of them here that I'm focusing my attention on. Number one, an improvement in the condition or strength of something. Number two, an instance of something becoming popular active or important again that's that's the one i want to focus on and number three a new production of an old play or similar work now all of those things connect but that middle one an instance of something becoming popular active or important again is is the thing that has me all feeling some type of way because i go back as as bishop paul morton would say my roots Roots. He's not the only one that said that, but I, I just thought about when I was thinking about that, his voice popped to my head as, as one of the focal points that I've heard or one of the, the people that I've heard say that, if you will. My roots are in the church. I, I am a religious fanatic. I grew up in church. I was born in church. I lived in church. And if it wasn't so crazy, I would even say to this day, I'd probably still be there. And I definitely at some point want to die there. But the point of the matter is, is that it is lost a lot. And we've been on this revival, if you will, and I've been starting it and Josh has helped me kick that off. And we've done two days of talking about that. But that was yesterday and Sunday. Today, we want to talk about the thing that all the wrestling fans came to hear. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Josh was a wrestler. Mm, and we want to talk about that. We're going to talk about... Uh, a little bit. We, we, he's, he, I mean, he's a preacher, so you know it's going to come up. But I want to focus on his wrestling career today. And we want to talk about how wrestling and spirituality connects. That is a conversation. Like I said, he is a preacher, so you, you, you know it had to go there. So that's what we're going to do. You ready? Um, we're going to have the bills. You know, we got to pay bills. That's, that's, how we, that's how we survive around here. The book of Ecclesiastes says money answers all things what it says. I want to say solves all things, but we can say answers just like the scripture says. Let's go ahead and do the verbatim. It answers all things. So we need money. And then number two, we're going to have, we're going to do the housekeeping. And then, you know what? Let's go ahead and do housekeeping now while I'm thinking about it. Let's not even go to another segment of it. Let's just 
tell you right now that you can follow me on Instagram at Eric Deshaun Barrett, on Twitter at Eric D. Barrett, on Facebook at Eric D. Barrett. Then I got a YouTube channel. I said the YouTube channel is, I like to say this is an apprentice course, if you will, where the podcast is class time and the, the vlog is application. You come to class and then you go to work. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you would want to go and follow the vlog. Okay. So we got the Instagram, the YouTube, the Snapchat, which is Eric Barrett as well. Uh, oh man, what do we do? Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, we did all those things. And also you can follow Josh. His uh, link is going to be also in the show notes. Okay. So we did our housekeeping. We're going to go and pay bills. That is going to be the conversation between me and Josh right after our track of the day. We're going to put it before the conversation. And then afterwards, we're going to have as my, he's not my friend, but I would like to call him my friend, but he doesn't know me. So I guess the point is out of San Antonio, Texas, in the words of Pastor John Higgy, we're going to have the blessing. So the main event, the the one that the main event, uh, the one that all the wrestling fans have come to hear. They they, <laughs> I, I I made sure that we're going to do this by itself because I don't want anybody to to feel like they had to be forced to listen to a spiritual sermon. You know, this is not the potluck of churches where we have the church picnic and the people have to come and be forced to get spiritually baptized before we get to what we really came here for. Right. These folks want to hear about Josh the Rassler. Okay. So, who is Josh the Rassler? When did that start? Uh, and, 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 one more thing that we have to make the Superman event of this is somebody that you wrestle, which they probably already know because nine times out of 10 to get more views, I named it in the title, but we're going to make them wait for that one. So, so just, you know, you know how this game is played. This is the main event. We got to make them wait for it. We got to lead up to how we got there. Did I lose it? Oh, okay. I was just yeah, making sure no, you didn't get shocked no. on me. And like, wait. Oh, yeah, him. Oh, God. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, go ahead, Preacher, because you can talk for about this, an hour on this. Yeah, this starts back in, I would say, oh, honestly, I mean, this goes back to childhood. I My grandpa was a preacher, grew up with him, but I remember being over at his house, and we would watch uh, professional wrestling all the time. I mean, that's just, that's what we did. We loved watching it. So I grew up always uh, enjoying it and watching it. Who'd you watch? Uh, and then, the what? Who did you watch? Oh, man, we would watch everything. WWF, WCW. Uh, occasionally, my, my brothers would find some, like, old, some NWA stuff. Um, and so we would start watching that stuff. They would, we would go to the video rental stores and rent everything and anything. So, I mean, we're going back. I was, I was in the 80s. So oh wow! All of the characters. I mean, I I loved you know growing up on 
you know, Hogan, Macho Man, uh, you know, Randy Savage. It was like, you know, Coco Beware, the Junkyard Dog with the WWF. And then I uh, loved watching WCW and watching, you know, like Sting and Ric Flair, and, you know, Dusty Rhodes at the time. And man, I mean, uh, Big Van Vader. I mean, uh, it was, we were watching everything we could get our hands on. I like to, um, I like to say that my first experience with wrestling was um, November nineteen ninety nine. I was okay. uh, I was at home on a Thursday night. You know that's when uh, WWF moved to UPN, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they they had moved maybe that August of that year. They had just launched it on UPN, but yeah. I I clicked in that November. And it was Stone Cold's last time on TV before he went out with his mm. neck injury. Yep. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on TV. You probably remember that. Okay, yeah. And uh, Arnold was doing commentary. Stone Cold was walking around the ring. Arnold knocked the snot out of Triple H and Stone Cold stunned him and I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was... Yep. It, and, and 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 it was it was just every Thursday night after that <laughs> I was glued to my TV screen. And you talk about the adulation, like the people would call the cops in my neighborhood. They were like, "Come bang on the door to make sure I was all right," because my uncle is into surround sound and a stereo. And literally, I would uh, around nine forty-five because back then you 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 looked to the main event. You knew it was the main event. And you turned on the TV like, okay, I just got to wait to The Rock. Once I get to The Rock, everything's all right. And about 9.45, when that rock music would hit and that crowd would light up and I'd have that that surround sound on full blast, I blew out like 19 speakers. My uncle had to keep replacing them because I would always put them on blast. Nice. And it, 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 it was hooked. And I remember... One time, just to not make this about me, but I don't know when I'm going to talk about wrestling again. But I remember I my grandmother came home from church one night and I was sitting on the porch nearly having an asthma attack because Kurt Angle and Rock was fighting and Kurt Angle almost beat Rock for the title. And mm. and um, I was I called one of my buddies and like, he's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I almost, Kurt Angle almost beat the Rock. And he's like, bruh, titles don't change on SmackDown. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, titles don't change on on tape shows. And it's like, I'm just hooked and have no idea how this game is played. But all I know is I'm loving it. But anyway, that, that's enough about me. On the bunch of you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, continuing to, from being a fan to actually, you know, deciding I wanted to do this. Um, as, a, as a teenager, uh, we're talking Monday Night Wars. Um, you know, WCW, WWF. Uh, back and forth Monday nights, whether it was Raw and Nitro. Um, and my mom did not like wrestling. And so she kind of banned me and my younger brother from watching it because, mm. well, we would watch it and then we would have to act out the moves on each other. Right, um, right. Can I, can I just, can I just so, ask you one question? Why, why are you, why are you, why are you yeah. thinking there? Since you talk about Monday Night Wars? Yeah. You do know that the DX invasion of WCW happened about two blocks from my house? Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Norfolk Scope is literally right down the street. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Which so, is... Uh, no, go ahead. I, yeah, I, just, just, I just wanted to throw that that's out That's a there. really cool reference there. Um, 
No, so, okay, where mom banned me, I would be over at actually my best friend's house every Monday night, um, and that's what we were watching. And so it was flipping back and forth through the TV, you know, on the commercial breaks, we're flipping from one to the other. Um, and I remember when the cruiserweights really started to come out and WCW started to make them shine, that all of a sudden I was like, you know what, I think I could do this. Because um, when I graduated high school, uh, I was five foot four. Um, I'm six foot now. So, I mean, here I was graduating high school at five four. I thought I was going to be short my entire life. So when I saw the cruiserweights, all these guys, you know. Wait, so we're you went from like, five foot four to what? The six foot. Yeah, in, in a span of like two months. Yes, it was a, a, a painful time going into college. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Crazy so was, thing girls would do was, to you. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I watching these guys, these cruiserweights, you know, we're talking like uh, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Deep Malenko, uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, um, all those guys from, from WCW and seeing them fly. It was like, I think I could do this stuff. And really, Chris Jericho became like my favorite at the time because it wasn't just he was a smaller guy doing all of this crazy stuff. He could grab the microphone and he could just, you know, run circles around people on the microphone. You mean Kirk Angel? (laughs) Yeah. So it was like, this was, this was something that really hooked me and then I decided you know what I want to try to do this um and I remember we had went to a couple like uh you know live events around here uh enjoyed watching those and it was something it was a bonding experience for for me and my older brothers as well uh and my older brother uh Dustin you know I go up to college and all of a sudden he finds this local guy in Iowa uh who was one of the trainers uh, that Harley Race had used uh, for his school. And you so, said your brother Dustin? Yeah. And so my older brother Dustin, he winds up... Uh, your older brother's not Dustin Rhodes, is he? No, 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 no. Oh, um, I thought that was a little so, joke to throw in there. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> nope. Um, but he, you know, he winds up getting trained, and during that time I see him training, and now he's wrestling for our uh, Harley race and his organization. Oh, wow. Um, and it was like, I want to do this too. So I just, I started going up to uh, Northern Iowa, uh, getting trained. Um, and then it was just like, all right, let's do this. Uh, and so that was, this would have been, I think, October of 2010 is when I started training. Oh, well, wow. 2000. October of 2000 is when it was. Okay. Um, and so I start training and I spent the next eight years traveling around the Midwest, um, you know, just lacing up my boots, getting in front of crowds, and uh, dancing around in a squared circle. Um, what did you call so yourself? Like, um, so the main character that I portrayed was Chance Cordova. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's who I wrestled, which is kind of funny because I had this finishing move when I first started um, where it was like an... I called it an inverted frog splash. So essentially I would jump off the top rope, arch myself backwards. So I'd reach behind my back and grab my ankles. And then I would land on them into a splash. And I found that the idea and the move from watching motocross. Uh, And there was a move to Cordova where they would go off the ramp. 
and they would put their ankles on the handlebars, hold on to the handlebars with their hands, and then kind of arch their body through it. And so it was the Cordova, and I was like, well, that's kind of like the splash that I'm going to do, so let's call it the Cordova splash, and maybe my name should be Cordova. And then uh, as far as the chance, uh, we were just sitting around watching wrestling at my grandma's, and we looked down, and there's a VHS tape of Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, um, and we remembered the dog Chance, and we just thought Chance Cordova has a good room to it. You said your so mom thought we, about that? Uh, no, it was me and my brothers. We're oh. at my grandma's. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So yeah, and so it was. It was a. It was a blast. I mean, for you know, eight years. That's what I did. Uh, I eventually stepped away in 2008. Uh, if we remember from a previous conversation, I started preaching in 2007. Um, and started pastoring at that time as an assistant pastor. And so there was there was about six or nine months that I would be wrestling, uh, you know, in like armories and community centers or high schools. And I'd be wrestling a show on a Saturday night and then leave the show, drive six hours to get home, get about three hours of sleep, and then up, get dressed, get my suit on, and head to church. Mm. Um, and eventually it was just this conversation that I had with God, and I realized that um, I had initially made professional wrestling kind of the God of my life, um, and it was the most important thing to me, and I just kind of laid it down and sacrificed it, and it was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, since that time, I made a return once, um, and it was like a a 20th anniversary show in Northern Iowa, uh, and it was a fundraiser and a benefit. And so, uh, now, come on, man. called me up and said, "Hey, would you be willing to go back?" And I said, "I, I still got my boots. I still got my singlet. So uh, let's throw on my khakis and sweater vest and let's have fun." So uh, as 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 the the little noise came through. The little, the little noise just wanted me to halt you right quick and say, you know you want to be the Shawn Michaels of professional wrestling, right? Like, come on now. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, there's there's not any desire for me to get back. I thought there was. I thought I would still have that itch. Um, but I really, I don't. Uh, and I, like I said, I went back for one match, and it was fun. Um, but it's just, there wasn't any real desire there. I remember I got done with it. The promoter told me that I hadn't missed a beat. Um, you know, and this was like 10 years later, so I hadn't been in a ring for that long. Um, and he told me, he's like, you haven't skipped a beat. He said, you can still hang with them. You can still perform. Uh, he's like, if you ever want to come back, you just let me know. And I, and I just told him, I said, that would take God telling me flat out. And I'm, I mean, I'm talking like, we're going to have to have like the heavens open and a loud booming voice so everybody around me hears you know, Josh, you're supposed to go back to wrestling. Um, if that happened, maybe. Um, but apart from that, no, I'm not, I'm not going back. I still watch it. Um, I love watching it. It's fun. It's something that, you know, now my kids and I enjoy watching. Um, but it's, it was just a, it was a season in my life that it was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, I grew a lot, but I got no desire to go back to that type of life. Did you did you at least, you know, get a few straps while you're uh, running around frog splashing people? 
the tag team champions. Uh, so yeah, me and it was funny because me and a couple of one my friend for a while, and then uh, my oldest brother, uh, he got into wrestling shortly after me and my other brother did, uh, and so we wound up doing this tag team, kind of the two or three of us. Uh, funny enough, we called ourselves the Second Coming. Um, it was three of you. And there were three of us at one point. So basically, it was like a we had like this three man faction. But at any point, there would be two of us that would wrestle. So, so you're the White like New Day. The what? You're the White New Day. Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. So that was that was essentially what it was. Uh, before the New Day, that's what we were. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was it was fun. Um, it, it, not gonna lie, it was a fun time. I enjoyed the athleticism. I enjoyed the the storytelling through there. I really enjoyed getting a reaction out of people. Which I think, um, if I could just cut you off right quick and just tell you this, I yeah. think that you and your brothers versus the New Day would be the the, the, the funniest things in the world because you're all of oh. you are a bunch of preachers, and so. Especially, I would love to see you and Big E go at it because it will be, it'll be like the white preacher versus the black preacher, and you both are very oh, charismatic. Man, would be it would be funny, my brothers and my sisters. God, I'm it, telling you, it, it would be hilarious. Pure <laughs> comedy gold. <laughs> I'm telling you, 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 that there's got to be a comeback somewhere just for that one moment in time. I don't care if I had to create it; it would be. Funny to see you three versus the new day. I'm just. If it ever came about and there was an option, you know, I don't know. I might lace up the boots one more time for something like that. Cause that would be, that would be just pure fun. That's the only time so. I would think that, that I would say, bruh, go back for that. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. You, you, you were telling yeah, me. And like the one time that I did a couple years ago when I went back then, it was mostly because uh, the best friend that I grew up with, he and I had never really had a match against each other because um, he got into wrestling after you know he got out of the military. And I was there to help him through his training, but when he got trained, I was on my way out if he was on his way in. And so here we have this anniversary show and it's a benefit for uh, like a local family to raise money for them. And then I had my best friend on top of it and he's like, hey, you know, we never had that match. Um, and I was like, all right, um, I'll, I'll come back. Um, mm. So something like that, if it was a big thing, yeah. And I think part of it, I was really hesitant for so many years because wrestling was such an important place, uh, a part of my life that I really idolized it. And because of that, I was always hesitant to go back. I didn't want to fall back into that old, um, that old self anymore. Right, but after trying it, and I didn't, and there wasn't the desire to go back, it was like, okay, you know, there's only one God in my life at this point, and so I'm cool with that. It's kind of like um, you so don't have to run past it because you, you're you're not scared of it anymore. It's it's exactly it's, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. you uh, you said you got out in 2008. Yeah. Okay, because I, I literally know two wrestlers on the indie scene: you and a guy by the name of Austin Blackburn. And okay. uh, I think he came out of the St. Louis area. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it just kind of made me, it triggered a thought like I knew that guy and we never really talked about his wrestling career. I think he's in the gaming world now, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. So, well, 
I think we have um, we have made the people wait long enough. I think I think they're ready uh, for the main event. I, I need I need that the the famous guy in the uh, in the WCW to go with that loud voice. Let's get ready to rumble because I really don't feel like yelling that. <laughs> but um, you fought somebody that is. Oh, I wrestled a lot of guys. Yeah, but but. Well, do you want to name any in particular before we get to the one that we want to talk about? Well, it depends on how big of wrestling fans they are. Um, you know, I've been in the ring with uh, the Bushwhackers. Okay. Um, I've been in the ring with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Okay. Um, I have been in the ring with Austin Aries. Okay. Um, with... Ken Anderson. Mr. Kennedy. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, yes. Um, I have been in with, oh, um, Sean Devari. He was in the WWE for a while. He was with, uh, um, he was the Muslim guy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I have been in with Ted DiBiase Jr. Okay. Um, and his older brother, Mike. Okay. Um, so there have been a, a bunch, and then I've met a ton of legends. Um, but I think maybe the one that was that more people would know of. Mm. Uh, Here we go, Pepper. Was a guy back in the day. Um, he was known as Tyler Black. Mm. And so I am talking about the one Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. It was. It's funny because, again, this was him going in. He's starting to make a name for himself because he's an Iowa native. So, of course, we're in the same circles. And um, I remember the first time that we were in Delta, Iowa, um, small little podunk town, and we're in this old school gymnasium of what should have been a condemned building. I don't think they should have let us in there. And I remember him being in, and as soon as I saw him, somebody asked me, what do you think of him? And I laughed at them, and I said, that dude will never go anywhere. And you expect me to listen to you talk about being... (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. When when you told me that, because I'm... Uh, when we met, that was one of the first things that we talked about that you said Seth Rollins would never be anything. And that was literally the night after he'd won the WWF championship for the third time. And I was like, right. boy, did you get that wrong? <laughs> oh, I got that so wrong. Um, and, and I will 100% admit that so wrong. I, I only saw his current ability. I could not see his potential. Um, and that was, that was honestly, it's one of those lessons that I've learned here later in life, um, to not judge people too quickly. Um, because oftentimes it's like, we want to judge people by either where they start or how they end. And it's like, there's a whole story to be written in between the beginning and the ending. And that was the thing. I mean, you look at a guy like that. He starts as Tyler Black, this skinny little kid that's, um, I mean, barely able to move around in the ring. It was funny because I, I, I remember watching this over and over and over again. He had one of these events um, where he's wrestling and he's standing on this top turnbuckle to do a shooting star press to the outside. 
and he doesn't get any forward momentum. So he basically jumps straight up, does a backflip, and he lands on his stomach on the turnbuckle. Ooh. And I'm like, I was like, there's no way this guy's ever going to do anything. He can't even jump forward. Um, and that was kind of me being way too quick to judge. The king of the because buckle now bomb I now. There and I, yeah, and it's like, now I look at him and I was like, he is, I mean, he is one of the greatest uh, that has ever stepped in that ring because he's not only got the physical ability, um, he's also able to get on a microphone and communicate effectively and he can just tell a good, a good story. Uh, and so that's the thing. It's like, man, uh, I was so wrong, so wrong. I mean, he had a ton of potential that I just couldn't see. Mm. So in my uh, final question of the evening, yeah. Or should I say of this series, um, okay. which is now the third set of this. We've, we've done three now. We've been talking for a long time. It, it has been a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, when you're talking to a preacher, you, you, you can... You, this is definitely your Pentecostal sermon right here, because it's been an hour and a half. <laughs> um, Do you think in any way, shape, or form... I'm going to ask you a question that's going to be very mind-blowing. Do you think okay. in any shape or form that wrestling and ministry could connect? Uh, yes, absolutely. I've seen it happen. Um, there are a few former retired wrestlers um, that they would retire. And when a lot of it was them retiring and then um, really finding Christ. And at that moment, it's like, how do I reconcile this? Uh, I actually remember, and this has been, I don't remember how, how many years ago, I want to say it was Nikita Koloff that they brought in uh, in a church in Northern Iowa. Uh, and I remember showing up uh, at that event. And really what wound up happening was they just did a wrestling show inside the sanctuary of this church. Oh, wow. And at the end of the show, uh, Nikita Koloff gets gets up there in the ring, grabs the microphone, and he preaches a gospel message and then essentially performs like an altar call. But instead of them coming up to the altar, they came up to the ring. Um, and there were a dozen plus people that night that gave their lives to Christ. Wow. Um, it, was, it, was, it was insane to see that, to witness it. And not insane that it's crazy and it shouldn't be done insane in the way that I would have never thought about that um, and never seen that. And that that kind of goes to what I said about even Seth Rollins, where we don't often see the potential uh, in things um, because our, our vision is so limited uh, in what can be done. But I don't want to limit God in anything. I want to sit there and say, you know what, if God can do it, let him do it. Um, and I'm not going to put any boundaries on him. So if he wants to try something, try it. So there are, I know they're kind of small on the indie scenes, but there are some organizations that are more Christian-based wrestling organizations. Um, and they're doing stuff similar to that. And then there are just other, um, you know, former professional wrestlers that are Christians themselves. And they're often going into... Uh, to churches and either preaching sermons or sometimes they're doing these shows where a church will work with a local organization, perform a show, and then they 
you know, give a little message. Hmm. So there's abilities for that, which I guess goes to a lot of our overall conversation that we've had, even when it comes to like social media. I don't want to limit God in what he can do. Um, he can use anything, anywhere, anyone to get his message across. Uh, so I'm not going to put any type of boundaries on that. Well, sir, um, it has been a privilege to talk to you. Can I tell you that in this is probably, I don't know, over 50 episodes that I've done. There has been no one, literally no one, maybe one that came close. And that was my dear Aunt Stacy that could allow me the privilege of I feel like a pastor who got to take the Sunday off today. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been amazing. I didn't have to really do any talking. I felt like that I had to just say something just to let people know I was here. But you have done a great job explaining your case and presenting one of the greatest arguments that we have heard to date as it pertains to how the social uh, or should I say how the spiritual and the secular can connect. And I, uh, I look forward to uh, what we can do uh, moving forward. Uh, well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here and just share with your audience. I, I thank you, sir. And uh, it's been a great time. And, and, and we're going to, uh, we're going to look back at what we can do about that, that little uh, series we talked about. Hopefully we can pull that off somewhere in the, the near 2020. All right. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, sir. Ten seconds. Stabilizing. Hibernation
I want to thank Josh for joining me these three days, and uh, I, I I really enjoyed this this first ever podcast revival. Yeah, made it up as we we didn't talk about it in the podcast because I didn't know about it till after we'd finished. It just we just I just realized we had a podcast revival right up in here. You know what I'm saying? So I thank him for joining us. And as we did talk about down the road, we're going to see what else we can do. Maybe we'll have a whole week next time we do a podcast revival. But until then, you're ready to start your day and it's time for us to get the blessing. In the pastor, in the words of Pastor John Hagee, the blessing. So may the hounds of hell be removed from your life. May those who have chosen to be the companion of the hounds of hell be also removed. May the road by which you travel be clear. May your destiny shine bright. May your focus be locked on and your passion burn bright. May you stay in tune with who you are, not being distracted by the emotions of the day. And may you find peace. Peace that surpasseth, surpasseth all understanding. Until the next time we meet, from me and mine, unto you and yours. Laters!